This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. Each episode I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore feels. Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I'm chatting to Steve Keith, aka The Branding Man. Welcome, Steve. Welcome to Freelance Feels. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Would you like to start by telling everyone what your freelance is? And indeed, if you use the word freelance, is that how you define yourself? (laughs) That's That's a good question. So the work that I do, so The Branding Man is based around employer branding. So I have been freelancing now for... Um, just shy of three years it will be June so um, and I spent before before I went freelance I spent eight years working in a corporate environment um, and employer branding team so that is essentially I like to explain it like this so if you think about all of the marketing and everything that goes into getting you to buy a pair of trainers or a dress that you see in a shop or even a burger in McDonald's or something Mm. There's a whole campaign that's built behind that that gets you to purchase that product. Employer branding is about getting you to apply to a company for a role. So it's very similar, but it's different because you're dealing with um, basically storytelling of how what the experience of working somewhere is rather than what the, the experience of wearing that trainer or eating that burger is. So, wow. So when we see those adverts, like on LinkedIn or, or a jobs website pertinent to our trade, somebody has sat and really worked out how to appeal to the type of candidate they might want. That's exactly <gasps> what it is, yes. I used to focus on um, apprenticeship recruitment. I used to be a school teacher, so I've spent a long time working with young people. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I was first recruited into the, the role that I had um, was that Um, Employer branding involves a huge amount of audience knowledge and understanding of essentially what makes people tick, Mm. motivates them. Um, And graduate recruitment is a huge, a huge beast in the industry. Um, But what the organisation that I joined, it was um, EY, one of the big financial um, for service firms, Mm -hmm. um, were kind of sitting there and thinking as well, do 18 to 24 year olds that go to university make the same decisions or have the same questions about the world of work as a 14 to 18 year old? Mm. That's the conversation. That's the age of people that you need to have the conversation with to get them to apply to an apprenticeship. And also as well with apprenticeships, um, it's a big alternative to university. Like university is the default for many of us. Mm. Yeah, it was for me for sure. Yeah. When, When people go home, to their parents after school and stuff and say oh I've decided I don't want to go to uni that is a massive 
conversation that happened about, well, what are you going to do instead? And apprenticeships were relatively new at the time. So we did a lot of work speaking to young people, understanding them, focus groups, interviews, um, one-to-one conversations. And that's essentially what I do now as a freelancer. So I um, work with organisations and almost become a separate part of their team um, and just do that desk research or the focus group and then give them a report which tells them the angles that they should use to build a campaign or even build the campaign with them. Brilliant. And so how did you come, you mentioned school teaching then, and then obviously working with graduates, so that feels like a bit of a, there's a, there's a link, a little rope joining those two together, but how, how did you go from teaching to corporate world to deciding to be self-employed? Is that easy to explain? <laughs> I think that the common thread that goes through them all is young people. I'm really mm. about working with them particularly right now with everything that's going on at the moment, they are at risk of losing out on a lot of the opportunities um, and access to the workplace that a lot of us had before them. Um, and so coming out of education, I loved being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hated the paperwork, <laughs> the admin that went with it, mm-hmm. and the lack of flexibility within the curriculum as well. I taught geography. Um, I am currently living back at home with my parents whilst I ride COVID out and stuff in the Lake District. So I've grown up in a really rich um, environment where it's just full of trees and lakes and mountains and stuff. And that was where my passion for that subject came from. Um, when I left the classroom, I was like, well, what else can I do? Like, I love talking to people. I love being in front of a room of people and educating them about something. Mm-hmm. And I quite honestly, to be fair, like it was um, the recruitment team that had um, recruited me two years earlier to become a teacher approached me and said, we think you'd be good going out onto campuses and telling um, graduates about what it's like to be a teacher. Wow. Yeah. So I did That's that for cool. a year. Nice. Um, Put on a lot of weight in that year. I was working in London and basically I just got given a budget and told to go and sit in coffee shops on campuses and talk to students. <gasps> oh my God, and eat cake, yeah. <laughs> and because um, there was it's students, so they were always kind of like, like, oh, can I get a coffee and cake out of this conversation? So I'd be like, yeah, I'll buy one as well. Uh, oh, that's too funny. Well, not funny, but yeah, it's like, I love that. It's like, <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> Bring on the cake, I say. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm still, I still love cake now. That's something I like. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, d- I did that for a couple of years, um, and then I decided to go back to working more with younger young people, mm-hmm. so kind of school age children that I'd been used to working with, and um, I started working with a volunteer, a volunteer organisation that was developing employability skills with young people. And mm. sadly for me, about three months after I'd started, the funding got removed for it because it was the time when the um, general election happened when the Conservatives came in back in 2010. Um, and I woke up one morning and was told I didn't have a job anymore. And so I was kind of just a, bit, kind of a fish out of water. I'd never been in that situation. And mm dating someone <laughs> this is gonna sound awful but I was dating someone at the time that was working at um and something that I ended up working for that's okay is it or is that bad <laughs> I don't know that's that sounds like who oh. you know not what you know in a way but it's like yeah, go for it I did get the job on my own merit to be honest yeah yeah they they'd see, I remember them um 
seeing my CV and get and saying something. Well, that's what they said. Um, you're a, you're a lot deeper than a puddle, aren't you? And I was kind of like, <laughs> you're a lot deeper than a puddle. puddle. They they see my CV. They uh, but they hadn't quite equated the two. Like I'm quite a confident, outgoing, friendly person, and hmm. hadn't seen the depth behind that. And they'd seen my CV and then how much I'd done. Um, and I ended up joining. Um, going for an interview back in the graduate recruitment team mm-hmm. and um, I didn't get the job. Okay. Skewed by the situation and it turned out um, a couple of days later I found out because the head of employer branding rang me and asked to interview me and said that she'd seen my CV in a senior leadership meeting and asked the question why I'd applied to that job and why nobody had said that he was better suited for this role. Oh. Uh, how I ended up in the role that I was in. So that was a transition from the classroom into corporate. Mm. Loved my career, had a great time, achieved a lot. Um, we, we, we did a, a lot of work in the, it's called the early career space, looking at okay. um, the apprenticeship as well as graduate space. So it's basically anybody that's aged 14 through to 21, 23 age. So it's a, a big age. Mm, yes, and so that's quite a range, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we, did, we did a lot in that space, and I was really proud of the time, but I wasn't looking after myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was putting a lot of time into work, working late hours. Happy to do that at the time, but not noticing the knock-on effects of it mm-hmm. in my personal life, but also just in terms of stress that was building up. Mm-hmm. I started to suffer a lot with anxiety. Um, the higher I climbed within the organisation, the more difficult conversations became because there was we were doing so well mm-hmm. that that kind of perpetuated a lot of, well, how do we push it even further? And I wasn't at a point where I wanted to push myself mm-hmm. further. I feeling yeah. like I pushed myself too hard. Um, and so I made the bold decision to leave without a job to go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people listening have just gone, oh, God, what? <laughs> or, yeah, I did that. Oh, God, I know how you feel. <laughs> There's yeah. usually two camps, aren't there? The fear or the knowing of the fear of the leak. <laughs> exactly. And I think as well, honestly, too, that there's been a lot of times in the last 12 months when I've looked back at that moment in January 2018 when I handed my notice and thought why on earth did you do that because now you're working for yourself this year the last year has been very tough for freelancers in general I think Mm -hmm. Um, and anybody that's self-employed and and yeah if I'm honest there has been a lot of moments where I've kind of gone gosh like did you make the right decision but I know that I am way happier than I was three years ago so for me that's more important good oh I'm glad to hear that so it has I mean because obviously we all know there's so many challenges with being freelance but I guess have you been able to find a balance because even if you still had some of those challenges with anxiety and that kind of thing you could manage your time differently because you weren't having to go to work to the office at a certain time and be part of a machine as it were did that help you to find balance because you were self-employed no, it didn't. Yeah, I think like, I think one of the things that um, a lot of people I know that still work in corporate environments or are um, employed had 
a big transition and a big change happen when COVID and lockdown and things happened last yeah. year. That adjustment of working from home and having to balance home life and work life in the same space. Yeah. I think a lot of me, me as well, but I think a lot of freelancers probably may have had an easier time in that respect because they were already doing that. Mm. It was just another layer that was added on top rather than everything happening at once. That might be yeah. a assumption, but it was my experience. Um, no, I'd agree with that. I feel like I did a post, I think, at the beginning saying, well, at least freelancers are sort of a few steps ahead. I, you know, there's, I fear for a lot of people's physical health in the year to come when they're returning to work and suddenly going, oh, my back hurts or my eyes aren't so great because everybody's just been at home without the normal office equipment, whereas freelancers often will have hopefully a desk set up or at least a better chair perhaps so yeah we're sort of a few steps ahead with understanding how to work from the spare room or yeah kitchen table yeah or a desk yeah and I I think if you're I think one of the there are lots of pros and cons of working for yourself and doing freelance work some of the great things I really enjoy are that I'm living so back at home we've got a dog so I always set my day up by taking him out for a big long walk at the start of the day and delay the start of my day because unless I've got a meeting with a client that's in the diary, I can choose when I start my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also choose when I finish it as well. The last kind of few weeks have kind of been taking a toll on me a little bit mentally. So I've mm. taken a decision some days just to put my out of office on and stop working. That's a great tip. It means that I've got to catch up at some other point. Like, it's we're we're recording at the weekend now, for example, and I have some pieces that I need to do over the weekend because Thursday I didn't really do much work. Um, but I'm I'm happy to have that trade off. Yeah. Um, and the the time that we're living in at the moment gives you that as well. I mean, there isn't really much else to do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. On a normal Saturday, you might have friends over or you might have gone, whereabouts in the lakes are you? Um, So just about 15 minute drive away from Lake Windermere. Oh, lovely. So yeah, you might be out doing all kinds of things out in the lakes, walking, pub, all sorts of things. Whereas, yeah, at the moment you can say, okay, well, I just, yeah, Saturday, the 13th of March, 2021, in case anybody's wondering. So uh, yeah, that's when we're chatting. We're waiting to peel ourselves out of lockdown, but I guess also... I'd love to get your thoughts on this, actually. You know, it's not, it's kind of being sold to us as very, very exciting, isn't it? And everyone's going to get out again and stuff. But I, I personally, I'm quite nervous about coming out of lockdown and how it will affect life and business. Are you, how are you feeling about it, particularly as a self-employed person? Yeah, no, I, I am as well, actually. I get, I get it. Everybody is very excited and they're thinking, oh, well, we can go to the pub again, we can go and do this. Mm. And everything. But we won't, it's kind of, you don't know what you don't know. So until we're actually all going through it and we're all maybe being a bit more nervous than we normally would be in around people. Mm. Kind of, I've been to the shops this morning, for example, we've been grocery shopping. Like you, we've got to that point now after a year when we're used to walking around in the shop with a face mask. Yeah even simple things like that but I think it, it will be interesting I'm um I left London as I said last year hmm. back at home at the moment my intention is to move to Manchester but I am intentionally holding off making that move at the moment because I don't want to move to a new city where I'm by myself, hmm. by myself. 
Um, but I want to be able to fully experience the city that I'm living in. And if everything's closed, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And also as well, um, I think during the last year or um, uh, year of period and stuff that I've reassessed a lot of kind of my, the way I work, people that I kept in touch with and mm-hmm. things. So moving to a new place, I want to be able to invest time into building new friendships and that's going to be quite difficult when I don't quite know my surroundings and I'm a bit confused about it. You, can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. I want to be able to still invest in the friendships I've got and build some new ones. It's been a very interesting time, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think as well, being a freelancer has been tough for the last 12 months. Oh, God, yeah. Three months in particular a lot of my work has just completely disappeared. Okay. And so I am really looking forward to conversations about things picking back up in the industry that I work in. Because working in recruitment, mm-hmm. the things that stopped very fast. Companies stopped recruiting people. They stopped wanting to know mm. how they would attract somebody to a job because there were no jobs. Of course. Um, so it's, it's affected me in, in positive and negative ways, but overall in a good place at the moment. Good. I'm glad to hear that. How did you how did you manage things for yourself when when those things did did stop? Did did there was there anything that you did in particular? I know there'll be people listening thinking, Oh yeah, man, that happened to me, or, or maybe it's happening to them now, maybe the reverse, because things are opening up, things are changing for them and work is slowing in some way. What what did what ha- what kind of things worked for you to to pass the time or, or for your business what, what, what did you do in that situation yeah, that's a really good question I, I think um there were certain things that i'd been or ideas that i'd been sitting on for a while and been mm. editing about putting out into the world. yeah um, i also have my own podcast yes i want to ask you about this yeah, yeah. and then, so that allowed me to put some energy into into that and thinking about how I was going to take that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime launching, uh, building the idea behind it, and then I launched it a couple of weeks ago, um, an award celebration for young people that identify as being LGBTQ+. Um, I'm a gay man. I've been out now for a good nearly 15 years, I think it is. Um, and I've worked so long in recruitment as well. I find that they're one of the groups of students that um, are not, they're not, there's not a lot of focus placed on kind of understanding them mm-hmm. um, and actually building communications and strategies around how you actually would get them to feel comfortable joining an organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you identify as being from the LGBTQ plus community, there is a kind of piece where you're constantly assessing whether or not you should share that part of your identity mm. every time you meet somebody new or you go into a new situation and transition. Whether you're transitioning from the classroom into straight into the workplace as an apprenticeship or graduating from university, it's still a new a new environment, and a lot of employers, I mean. Let's face it, we live in a world still where there's discrimination against Oh, gotcha. The, mm. the, what sex, what gender they are, sorry, who they choose to sleep with. And it's, it's, it's difficult. And so I feel like with 
campaigns that I've worked on or that I've seen in the past when we're looking at recruitment um, that are meant to be talking to students, mm-hmm. which is essentially kind of what the work I do does. Um, it doesn't really have a lot of effort put behind it. It usually involves taking the pride flag and slapping a rainbow, as I call it. On I put my head in my hands now. I'm just like, oh, and put stick it a rainbow on it. That'll do. <laughs> Like turning turning your corporate like logo into a rainbow yeah. or something and, and going happy pride. I mean it's great that you're celebrating that, but do you really understand the challenges of people that behind that? Are you actually appreciating that um there's huge challenges for people that identify as being transgender mm. the way that they are received when they enter a workplace? There's huge challenges for young people in schools being bullied because of who they are mm. and worrying about whether or not that's going to happen when they go into the workplace again. Are you really having that conversation with them or are you just taking a very important symbol for a community and repurposing it? And I find that quite, quite damaging in a way. So I've launched um, an awards celebration. It's the Queer Student Awards. Um, it's taking place virtually and mm-hmm. um, everything that's going on. Um, but next year, I plan to have a massive literary party somewhere. Yes. Um, and um, it's going to give um, employers, schools, universities, and students the opportunity to nominate themselves or nominate their organisations um, for the great work that they're doing within the LGBTQ community so we can start to actually celebrate the work mm. done and help to progress the community in that way um in a, in a more positive way that's, that's so fantastic so that's you know sort of what did you do with your downtime i decided to launch an award ceremony <laughs> love it i saw so many people you probably just like yourself like i'm a judge for the business book awards as well mm-hmm. so i have a a big pile of books in the bookcase behind me that I need to be reading through before. I'm a a judge for the diversity and inclusion category. Um, So I'm doing that. But I think um, reading filled my time up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But also as well, going back to my podcast, I've um, I've found that that's been a really... I mean, it's always a great thing anyway. Um, I love doing it. I launched it, so essentially it's called My Career Story. Mm-hmm. Each week I interview a guest about their career. It's been a great way, actually, through the last, through lockdown, particularly this latest one, for me to have some one-on-one time with somebody and have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. I really struggle sometimes as a freelancer with being on my own. It's great. It's really empowering. Yeah. But when you want to sense check something, or yeah. you're, you're thinking, I've got so much to do and I've not got enough time to do it. <laughs> um, it, it can be hard. And actually having that opportunity, an hour in the middle of a day where I have a conversation with somebody else and I listen to what they've experienced, it's really, really a kind of a way of lifting up my spirits a little bit. And I've done about I've interviewed about 80 people. Wow. And the latest season is exclusively for people who identify as being LGBTQ+. But the idea that I've had, again, using that, the downtime that we've had, is that 
I've started to see some very clear themes from the conversations I've been having with people to the, the ways that people move forward in their careers or what holds them back. So the plan is to write a book. That's so exciting. You'll be being judged in a category for book awards. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Oh, Steve, thank you so much. I feel really, I always say I get the tingles in an episode when somebody says something, but I've had way more than the tingles. I've had a real sort of, like a big emotional moment there. It's been really, it's been quite moving talking to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me as well. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Would you like to tell everyone where they can find you, the awards, anything else you'd like to share, handles, please tell us everywhere people can follow or, or look for you or indeed try to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Probably the most simple place to start with is the website. So it's thebrandingman.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Most of my social handles are simply at the branding man. It was a, a name that I thought would have been taken and it wasn't, so I snapped them all. Yeah, well, I have that. Brilliant. <laughs> um, the awards, um, everything about those um, entries will be open until the, the end of May. Cool. On there, but it's the queer student awards. Brilliant. There's some variations in the socials there, so that's probably the best starting point to find out about all of the different categories, how you can like come along to the shortlisting event we're having, when the um, awards are happening on 1st of July, and everything. Um, and, and so, yeah, those are the places. Fantastic. And the podcast, what's around us the podcast name? Um, podcast um my career story so it's on um anchor but then it's distributed across all of the usual places fantastic so people can have a listen to that as well lovely oh steve thank you well i wish you well enjoy lovely windermere as spring springs itself into action and i'm quite jealous of you being up there in the lakes (laughs) yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it not raining and not being dark (laughs) yes that is definitely positive for mental health. <laughs> Thank you. I wish you all the best. I look forward to seeing more on the awards as it unfolds. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and follow for future episodes. You can find more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com. Freelance Feels also has a monthly newsletter, which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com. And for daily updates, follow on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels.